Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And my cold is still with me, so I still sound a little bit wonky, but you know what? The show must go on. And so today we're going to have so much fun talking with my guest because we're talking about planning for the future in a way that many business owners never, ever even think about, and then they get to that future point and they think, holy cow, now what do I do? So please join me in welcoming Justin Goodbread to our program today. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me, Deb. Look forward to the conversation about where we're headed and hopefully going to add some insight to us business owners. Perfect, perfect. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you. So Justin A. Goodbread, CFP, CEPA, CVGA, owner of FinanciallySimple.com, is a nationally recognized financial planner, financial educator, wealth manager, author, speaker, and entrepreneur. He has more than 20 years of experience starting, buying, owning, and selling businesses. Justin is a two-time winner of the Investopedia Top 100 Advisor Award and Exit Planning Institute's Exit Planner Leader of the Year. Recently, Justin published his first book, The Ultimate Sale. In it, he shows business owners how to create long-term value and accelerate growth in their company with the ultimate goal of selling the business for top dollar when the owner wants to retire. So again, Justin, welcome. Thank you for having me, Deb. Well, let's back up just a little bit. Tell us how it is that you got to where you are today. Oh, that's a fun story. So I grew up in South Georgia, a little bit further south than you are there in Atlanta. I often say Atlanta is not Georgia, by the way, Deb. I I know, it's it's not. That's okay. Yeah, so down on the coast of Georgia, Brunswick, St. Simons Island is a real popular name that people Mm -hmm. would recognize. About an hour above Jacksonville, Florida, for those of you who are not familiar with the U.S., and about an hour below Savannah, Georgia. On the ocean, born and raised down there, grew up on a swamp, believe it or not. Had alligators in the backyard and uh, just live life as a typical country boy. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad um, homeschooled us. So I was Mm -hmm. homeschooled the majority of my life. Um, At the age of 15, my dad in nice way said, son, get a job or don't come home. (laughs) It was a family. We were, we were like the Walton family. You would Mm -hmm. see the picturesque, real close knit family. And dad was trying to teach myself, my Mm -hmm. brother, my sister and I, the value of being a business owner, as opposed at that particular point, doing what he did, which was not wrong. It's a very noble, um, noble job. He worked for the Georgia Port Authority. Mm -hmm. And through his training, he showed me and my brother and my sister that we could actually produce more revenue for ourselves and our families working for ourselves as business owners, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, as he said, using his terms, a country boy style, working for the man. Yep. He worked for the man. Worked for the man, right? You've heard the, you've heard the lingo. Um, So about age 15, my mom and dad, we, uh, long story short, we ended up starting a little grass cutting business that we called Mm -hmm. Lawn Care by the Boys. And it grew. It grew because of basic knowledge. My mom and dad had gone through Amway's training way back in the day. And and, they were fabulous. Oh, unbelievable. Really good 
principal training for mm-hmm. small business owners. And they in, in started teaching us those same concepts at mm-hmm. the age of 15. By the age of 18, getting ready to go to college, I was actually making, my brother and I were making more than my parents. My mom was a master's nurse working at the hospital. My mm-hmm. dad worked full time after 20 years at the port. We were making more mm-hmm. in three years time being self-employed than we were than our parents were. Mm-hmm. And we ended up selling the business. That was the first business we saw. Went to school. Um, we didn't want to go to school. They forced us to go to college. Right. Um, you know, they said, son, you got to get a ticket to go in the stadium to play the game. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what position you play. You got to get a ticket. So we sold the business. And long story short, I met this beautiful young lady who changed my life. My name is Emily. As a, those who listen to our podcast knows all about Miss Emily. Um, we sold our business. And after college, moved back to Tennessee. or moved up to Tennessee. Now where I'm mm-hmm. located in Knoxville. Um, came in the financial world, didn't like it too much, didn't want to be, candidly, I didn't want to be a stock trader, insurance guy, none of those things. Mm-hmm. If I had to sell ice, I could not do it in the middle of the desert. I am not skilled at selling. So, fell into the avenue of business ownership once again. Mm-hmm. So, that business, started another business, sold the business, and now in 2009, after three successful business sales for profit, I found out where I was meant to be. And that is the world that I now live in teaching business owners how to double their net worth every three to five years and position themselves where they are not the man, so to speak, that my dad Mm -hmm. did not want to work for, but rather they're that business owner who is adding maximum value to themselves and to the employees and the customers and the vendors that they, whom they have the privilege to serve Mm -hmm. alongside with. So that's kind of in a nutshell, how I reach where I'm at today, if that helps. Right. I love it. You know, and you've, what I love is, is you don't just teach it. You've done all of these things, um, you know, and, and so you know what it's like to start a business from scratch and take it all the way through selling it or making it a very successful business. Um, you know, and, 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 and I shouldn't have emphasized or because those two are definitely not mutually exclusive. Um, you know, and, and that was what struck me when I was reading your book. And again, it's called the ultimate sale, a financially simple guide to selling a business for maximum profit. And what struck me as I was reading it, Justin, was the fact that it applies to any business owner. Um, whether you're thinking, hey, I'm going to sell my business or not, because it's full of just really great tips and techniques to make your business successful. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and so that was what I really enjoyed about it was, you know, it, it really did. And, and you know, you, you say a financially simple guide. It, it is fairly simple. I mean, a lot of basic, simple things, but so many things that, that business owners don't stop to think about. And it doesn't matter if you're the one person shop or if you have 10, 20, 30, you know, 40,000 employees, all of the things play into it. And it is about, um, you know, having good sound business practices, having a business plan, um, you know, knowing what you're doing when you're hiring employees, all of these various things that as a business owner, we should be doing all the time, whether it's with that goal of in 20 years, I'm going to sell my business or just, hey, you know, I want to have another great year to d- this year. Yeah, the, the way I view business, um, Deb, is this. You have a starting point, you have a growing point, and then you have an exodus. We're all going to leave our business, whether or not we're, right. we're solopreneurs is the term that I like to use, mm-hmm. where it's just that one man shop, one mm-hmm. lady shop that mm-hmm. you and I, Juju, were just talking about. Whether or not we have a small 
practice or small business where mm -hmm. maybe you're the artist and contractor who's going out and doing HVAC work, putting in H, I mean, mm -hmm. just really good trade style. Right. Maybe you're in a, in a professional organization like I have where you have 20, 30, 40 employees. Maybe you're a manufacturing business. It doesn't matter what we do as a business owner from that solopreneur to, to hundreds of employees. We still have that starting point when mm -hmm. we enter the business world, we have that growth point to what is it we're trying to actually accomplish. And then regardless, we're going to leave the business through mm -hmm. death, disability, mm -hmm. through divorce sometimes, unfortunately, right. through just retirement at some point. Mm -hmm. So what I've, what the, the ultimate sale was the actual, the, the, the end of the book, the end of the chapter, so to speak, of a three-part series. I wanted to show people that you have to know where you're going before you can ever start start or you have to know where you're going before you can improve. So I, I use my own, I, I call it, I'm just an old country boy. Um, like I said, just I ran around barefoot chasing alligators. It was, it was just who I am. I'm, but, I'm from the mountains and you know, of Colorado. So yeah, I did it. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I just spent a week in Nebraska and Kansas sitting on top of a hill watching deer run by and just mm -hmm. had a blast. Um, so I, I like to take things and explain it in such a way with the knowledge that I have of almost 25 years now, with multiple credentials, master level credentials, mm -hmm. trying to explain it where my 13 year old, 14 year old daughter can understand, mm -hmm. hey, here's what we're dealing with. So I use a lot of uh, stories. I mm -hmm. use a lot of life events. Mm -hmm. um, I like to say if there's anything in business that we can go through, I've gone through it personally. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with just about everything, and I mean everything that you mm -hmm. can think of from, from wrongfully accus wrongful accusations to defending, to hiring, to firing, to growth, to retraction. I've gone through business cycles in 2001, 2008. I was a financial person in 2008. Trust Ooh. me, that was fun. Ooh. Okay. Growing a business. So the coal ultimately though, after all that rambling I just did is this, we're going to leave our business. Mm -hmm. And what the sad part to me is this, according to the Exit Planning Institute, which if you're not familiar with it, it's something that every business owner should be familiar with. They do a lot of national mm -hmm. research for us business mm -hmm. owners. They've, they've actually done market studies off, off a lot of uh, metropolitan areas showing that business owners, for us, you and I even, that 80% of our business, I'm sorry, 80% of our net worth is our business. Mm -hmm. Whether if we're a solopreneur, then it is us. Right. We are the person who is responsible for producing mm -hmm. that income. And what's sad to me is that I, in my financial world, when I, one of our companies called Heritage Investors and I'm a CEO of, whenever we meet with the business owners at age 50, 60, 70 even, they have no assets. Right. They poured blood, sweat, and tears into this company to change mm -hmm. the world. Charge hell with the water pistol is what my mom always said. I mean, they're, they're doing it. They're mm -hmm. out there doing what they love, and then they find themselves unable, either physically or mentally, unable or unwilling even to do that job anymore. And mm -hmm. they're broke. Right. Because they poured so much out mm -hmm. to their vendors, to their customers, mm -hmm. to their employees, to their team right. members that they forgot to take care of themselves. It's mm -hmm. almost like that old saying, the cobbler's kid's shoes are never shod. Mm -hmm. right? right. So the idea behind the ultimate sale was, hey, folks, I'm a business owner. I get it. I know what it's like to try to sell a business. Mm -hmm. I've done it three times successfully. I've tried it a couple of times unsuccessfully. I also know what it's like to see multiple dozens, hundreds of clients who are now reaching the end of their production phase and they're broke mm -hmm. and they can't realize this dream. So the idea with the ultimate sale was, hey, folks, we have to, if we're going to disturb the present, or if we're going to change the present, we have to disturb the present. I'm sorry, if we're going to change the future, we have to disturb the present. Mm -hmm. We have to make drastic changes. So that was the whole idea around the book was to write it in such a way where it does impact so many people. Right. You know, and 
one of the things I think that's important, especially for solopreneurs, is that concept of taking care of yourself, you know, and because we do, we put every penny back into the business, you know, whatever it is, you know, where it doesn't matter if it's, if it is a lawn care business or public speaking or whatever it is, we just, we put the money back into it. You know, we might, excuse me, we might upgrade our equipment. Um, We might join other organizations. You know, there's so many ways that, that you can be putting the money back into your business and you forget to pay yourself. You know, and, and I've even seen that with companies that have, you know, employees mm-hmm. where now grant you, you know, I do firmly believe that the employees get paid first, yes. um, you know, and, and, but at the same point, you have to be paying yourself, um, you know, and, and maybe it's not paying in the standards, you know, terms, but you know, there are, there are so many ways that you should be preparing for the future because you never know when that business, as you said, that might end, you know, say you're a public speaker and good golly, something happens to your voice or, you know, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you get bought out or, you know, all sorts of things. And, and that could end, you might not really be ready to retire yet. Or even if you are, social security ain't going to cut it. <laughs> yeah. So that's, there's a look, you're dealing with a little bit of the financial world there. One of the things I like to describe to people, especially business owners, is a concept that's in one of my top five books called The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. And if anybody's listening to this and never read the book, I highly recommend it. I read that book every year along with four others. What they teach you that is to pay yourself first. And it mm-hmm. talks about the advantage of paying yourself first. One of the things I try to instill on in young business owners or even those business owners who maybe have never taken care of the home, them home their home, their person, mm-hmm. is to the first X number of dollars. What I like to try to do is if, if it's a single individual, max out your 401k, you can mm-hmm. do 20 grand. If you max out your 20, you put 20 grand in a 401k for 15, 20 years, regardless of the business ever sales, you're right. going to be far better off than mm-hmm. if you never did it. If you're a married couple, there's no reason why you can't save $50,000 a year of your income if you're making over 100, 150,000, mm-hmm. if you know how to use the taxes and that's the world mm-hmm. I play in. If you know how to play the tax game, you can actually make $150,000 mm-hmm. and pay virtually no taxes. Right. which means that you can put back a third of your income. Mm-hmm. And then if your business ever sells once again, then you're financially set. If you even want to work to age mm-hmm. 70, 80, 90, it doesn't matter. I'm not dealing with a, this idea of retirement is, is get all we can, can all we get and sit on our can. That's not the idea that I have in mind as a, mm-hmm. as a guy who's, like I said, going to charge hell with a water mm-hmm. pistol. But if we don't take care of ourselves first, we lose the power of compounding interest, whether it be in mm-hmm. our personal investment portfolio, whether it's stocks, bonds, real estate, et cetera, or whether it's in our business itself. Right. So the idea behind the ultimate sale is that wherever we're at today, take a break. Mm-hmm. And where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, I, I, an analogy I often give whenever I even on my own podcast is this. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. My wife and I want to go to um, Portland, Oregon. For some reason, we always pick Portland, Oregon. We want to go out there. Never been there. If I were going to go to Portland, Oregon, I've already reached the hardest decision that most business owners have to figure mm-hmm. out is where are they going? Right. So if we can pause and say, okay, I want to go to Portland, Oregon. Now I can determine when, how am I going to get mm-hmm. there? How much am I going to spend? What am mm-hmm. I going to do? What are the contingency plans for that particular destination? What happens in the world of business, especially those of us who maybe are starting a business or the founders of our businesses, is we find something we love, the American dream. We find Mm -hmm. something we love or we find a need that that we're good at feeling and we start a business. And before you know it, 
we're 15, 20 years into business. Mm -hmm. We have gone through a lot of stuff and we're no far better off than we were when we started right. reaching that ultimate destination, mm -hmm. wherever it may be. So the idea behind the ultimate sale was, hey, look, folks, Debbie, yeah, you mentioned earlier, just pause. Mm -hmm. What are we doing this for? Why, mm -hmm. why, I, I realize we want to make money. I get that. Right. I realize we want to service those people that we know, you know, our, 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 as I say, the team, the customers, the vendors, those in people that God's allowed us to impact or bless in there and through our journey. But why? Mm -hmm. Where are we headed? And if mm -hmm. we can identify that, then now you can say, well, do I need to grow the value of my company? Do mm -hmm. I need to grow my individual value? Do I need to adjust my tax strategy? Do I need to, and you can make a list that keeps continuing mm -hmm. there. Right. So Justin, what do you tell the person who says, I'm going to do this till the day I die? <laughs> tell me when you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's the, that's yeah. the thing, but they're like, and, and part of it is yeah. it's a mix. They love what they're doing yeah. and they can't imagine not doing it. They think I have to work forever. That's the only way I'm going to survive is if I work forever or the future's so far off. I'm just not even going to plan for it. But, and, and, you know, and, and, but I'm, you know, so, so that is what they're doing rather than actually saying, okay, I'm going to do this until the day I die. It's the, right. I'm not going to plan. Yeah, so one of my favorite verses in the book of Proverbs in the Bible is, go to the ant thy slugger and consider her ways and be wise, okay? Mm -hmm. And Proverbs is all about being a wise individual. Mm -hmm. And no one that's listening to this podcast or wakes up in the morning says, I want to be unwise. We all want to use right. what God's given us to the best. Today. Yeah, that's not our journey. So go to the ant thy slugger and consider her ways and be wise. The ant's pretty amazing. They realize that there's going to be a winter. There's going to be floods. Mm -hmm. There's going to be lightning strikes, which could destroy the anthill. There's going to be right. a country boy who's going to come by with a stick and stir him up I and cause problems, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to, they're going to have problems. I think anybody who's listening to this podcast, if we've lived more than one day on this great earth that we live on, we realize that life is troublesome sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the best laid plans never come to be. They right. never come to be. So I personally, I personally share that sentiment that mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I do till the day I die. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in retirement. I don't think, I don't think it's something that a business owner is wired to do personal right. opinion. Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't believe that it's something that I would be mm -hmm. wired. To. I think retirement is for those individuals who don't like their job or like their team members or like their vendors, or like their customers, mm -hmm. personal opinion. So I share that idea that, mm -hmm. man, I love what I'm going to do. I'm going to work with a die. Here's the, to the day I die. Here's the problem. My mind, my body, I can't control that. Right. Might say, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to at least slow down. Yeah. I can't control this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I can't control. And mm -hmm. I'm a pretty controlling individual, as you mm -hmm. might already uh, uh, anticipate. There's a lot I can't control in my family. Mm -hmm. I went through uh, some pretty hard times in my life. And I, I realize I'm young. I'm 40. People say, Justin, you're, you're a 40-year-old going like 70. I go on some sides of my life where I realize that you can be doing everything right, whatever mm -hmm. that term means to you. And life, God, circumstance is going to throw mm -hmm. a curveball at you and hit you in the mm -hmm. back of the head sometimes. That being said, it's better to be prepared mm -hmm. and never need it than to be unprepared. Well, that's why we have homeowner's insurance. That's why right. we have car insurance, things of that nature. So I get the idea that we're going to grow the business. We're going to do it to the day I die. What if? Mm -hmm. And the insurance analogy that I would say is I've yet to meet a person in my career, and I've worked with thousands of individuals. I didn't, and I'm not bragging here, but I didn't get to be the top 100 in the United States by being a novice. Mm -hmm. I've worked with hundreds, thousands of people over my lifetime, and I've yet to meet a person who are in that final chapters, the last 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years of their life, who said, 
man, I wish I would have saved less. Right. I wish I would have not done more. I wish I would have done less planning. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have taken less care of my vision in the future. I've never met anybody. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I've heard people that are very successful Mm -hmm. say, man, I wish I'd known what I know now when I was 10, when -hmm. I was 20, when I was 30. I think we, you and I could both share that. So I understand the sentiment of, look, I'm going to do this the day I die. Therefore, I don't need to plan. But if you pull the curtain back, like on the Wizard of Oz, I see the wizard behind the curtain, mm-hmm. and you saw yourself, whoever you may be, in 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're going to say to yourself, I wish I would have done more sooner. Right. And so the, the, the CFP inside of me, Certified Financial Planner inside of me says, let's get started now. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to take Uncle Sam's money and use it to our advantage. Right. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to make our business efficient. It's not mm-hmm. working harder, working smarter. Right. So we can take advantage there. Mm-hmm. So that's, right. that's how I'd answer that question. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it, there's obviously, you know, as, as we've been saying, nothing wrong with working until the day you die. Right. But wouldn't it be nice to really make sure it's on your terms? You know, so I might decide, you know, at some point I'm only going to work two days a week. And the rest of the time, I'm going to enjoy, you know, I'm going to volunteer, I'm going to do whatever. Um, you know, maybe I'll work five. You know, it's funny, you were t- when we were talking before the, the program started, the fact that, you know, for, for business owners like us, going on vacation, you really don't go on vacation. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and it's funny because you address that in your book. The fact that, you know, we, we need to make it so that other people can be doing what we do, um, you know, and, and that is part of this. You know, we shouldn't be working ourselves literally into the ground, um, you know, and, and that's, that is, you know, one of the biggest things that I got out of reading your book was the fact that without, <coughs> excuse me, really killing a lot of brain cells, we can make sure that we're planning for a future that is what we want it to be and rather than something that we're being forced to do. One of the statements that I said along that, or one of the statements I heard, and I don't remember where I heard this at Deb, is I, I read a book a week. I read articles. I, 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 I read so much. And I, I, the older I get, my, my filing cabinet in my head is not keeping it all sorted properly for me. Um, but I read a statement years ago that said, if your business requires you, you don't have a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, remember, I don't remember the context of that statement. Again, I don't remember who it was, but it stuck with me. Um, many people who are, especially in the solopreneur world, it's so reliant upon you that, that you are the business. Right. You is like basically, me. yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a job more than a business. Now, and mm-hmm. I'm using Robert Kiyosaki's term of business as an asset that produces income without us mm-hmm. having to personally be involved in it. So I, right. let me clarify that what mm-hmm. I'm using that business for. If we're, if we're going to use that old adage, which I think Stephen Covey coined of work on the business versus working in the business, mm-hmm. right? Um, it might have been Dino, one of those individuals, I think, coined that particular phase. Um, if we're going to do that, then we have to realize what actually drives the business. And there are eight key areas of business. Mm-hmm. It, whether you're a solopreneur or someone like me who has multiple businesses and multiple team members in that business and, multi- and hundreds of thousands of customers, there's eight key areas, and I, I'm going to give you these eight areas, and this is actually the thesis of our second book, Come On This Way. It's, it's, oh, it should be out here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So this is coming out in, in early next year, I'm hoping. There's eight key areas of business, and if you understand these eight key areas of business, then you understand what makes a business valuable. So mm-hmm. let's deal with value. 
-hmm. Value is what something is appraised for by a third party or what a willing buyer with full knowledge is willing to mm -hmm. pay for that. So like a house right. has a value because we right. can see it, we can appraise it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your business has a value. Mm -hmm. And if you understand what makes it valuable, then you can backwards engineer your business to make it where it is truly self-sustaining without you or I, mm -hmm. the solopreneurs or the young business owners or mm -hmm. the or the business owner with team members. So the eight care areas can be, you can almost run them around a clock wheel. I know that a lot of people aren't going to watch this uh, vis visually, but you're also going to be on audio format. So I'm going to try to put you around a clock wheel with 12 o'clock being our starting point. Okay. So at 12 o'clock, from 12 to let's say two o'clock, mm -hmm. that is the planning section of business. Every business has to plan. Mm -hmm. You have to know where you're going to be in one, three, five, and five years from now. Um, a, a statement was said not too long ago that we business owners overestimate what we can accomplish in one year and underestimate what we can accomplish in 10. Right. I firmly believe that. Mm -hmm. In the planning world, it's, we're, we're looking at where are we at today and where do we want to be in one year? three mm -hmm. years or five years. Mm -hmm. You really don't want to go out fast five years with our fast moving tech world today. And in mm -hmm. fact, I would even argue that probably shouldn't even deal with five mm -hmm. years, but some businesses should right. depending on the, the sick code that they're in. Mm -hmm. So we first have to do a planning. And then the second, the second area of business that we deal with is leadership, leadership amongst ourselves mm -hmm. and amongst our team, our, our customers, our, our clients, et cetera, our vendors, et cetera. How are we going to lead them to that mm -hmm. point? So that's our, that's our area on our clock phase from one to three o'clock. Mm -hmm. So planning and leadership. And by the way, if you're familiar with the DISC, the ISC model, mm -hmm. that is your high D personality. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a mm -hmm. planner. I'm a leader. You've mm -hmm. you got to have somebody in your organization who's a planner leader. Mm -hmm. So that's the D personality. The next two areas of business is sales and marketing. And that goes from three o'clock to six o'clock on the clock phase. Sales is... How do I convert somebody to a paying customer or client? Mm -hmm. Marketing is how do I get that potential market, right. uh, paying, paying customer client to actually contact me? Mm -hmm. So those are the entry points into a funnel, so to speak, the entry points mm -hmm. into our throughput, the operational side in a second. But the sales and marketing, it has to be mastered. One of the things I see in business owners, especially small business owners, small business as defined by less than 5 million in annual sales, according mm -hmm. to the um, Small Business Institute. Right. Okay. Which is, I believe, 95% of all U.S. businesses. That's correct. Yes. In fact, interestingly enough, there's 4.7 million business owners right now in the United States that fall in that particular area of 5 million businesses or less. I'm sorry, 5 million in revenue or less. Mm -hmm. There's about 325,000 businesses that fall between that 5 million to 100 million. And then mm -hmm. you get to 26,000 or so mm -hmm. of super large businesses like right. Walmarts and stuff. Um, but in that small business area, there's 5 million or less. I see so many people fail to market. What we end up doing as business owners, because we never go back to our first step planning, mm -hmm. we never did a marketing plan. We mm -hmm. go out and we set, we throw money at a Facebook ad or we throw money right. at a phone book ad. We we're not throw sure money, why, but we're, we're supposed to do that. Don't know why, but we do it. And we don't really stop and look at ROI. We don't look at, uh, at hurdle rates as, a, as it applies to marketing. We don't look at our target market. We don't know who our persona is. So in a small business, that is the one area that I think we are so inundated with from a sales perspective of people trying to sell us things, mm -hmm. but we're all often lacking in sales mm -hmm. and marketing, sales and marketing. Whenever I talk about sales, again, if you're a solopreneur or if you're the CEO of your company and you're the best sales guy, you are the rainmaker, replace yourself. Right. Put in a position where you 
do not have to be at the ethos, the center, the epicenter of this mm-hmm. pinwheel that I'm describing. Mm-hmm. So sales and marketing are your second steps. And by the way, that is your I personality. If you're a strong I personality and mm-hmm. this model, then you're the fun, loving, jovial type person. The mm-hmm. life of the party, you walk in, you're fun, love. That's your sales type person. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next step from six o'clock to nine o'clock, we deal with our people and operations. Mm-hmm. The people that we surround ourselves with will change our life. In fact, I believe it was Charlie Tremendous Jones that said, where you'll be five years from now is determined by the books you read and the people you associate with today. Mm. It might have been Zig Ziglar. One of those two individuals mm-hmm. said that. One of those really smart people. One of those really smart people, mm-hmm. smart, a lot smarter than me. They, they said that where you'll be five years from now is determined by the people you surround mm-hmm. yourself with and the books you read today. Mm-hmm. Those people that you employ or those people that you use as vendors Mm-hmm. Those people that you take on as the customers whom are going to, you're going to sacrifice your time to, mm-hmm. those individuals have to be either trained or have systems in place that, again, you can duplicate your mind mm-hmm. to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So even as a solopreneur, let's say that you, you're, you're like, uh, Deb, so you have your solar business. Mm-hmm. You found me as a podcast interview. Mm-hmm. That is a process that you in your business should have outlines so that if somebody wants to take over your particular podcast or your particular empire mm-hmm. in 15, 20 years, there now is a system that you have mm-hmm. found that works successful within your secret sauce that you can outline and put it into your business plan. Mm-hmm. So that's the way you deal with people. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hire team members, how do you hire them? What's the mm-hmm. process? If you're going to fire team members, if you're going to promote them. If you're going to hold them through contractual legal documents, how do you do it? That's the mm-hmm. people side. The operations, which is the second step in that. So this is number six. Remember, planning, Mm -hmm. leadership, sales, Mm -hmm. marketing, people, operations. Mm -hmm. Operations is perhaps the strongest point for most businesses. Mm -hmm. I see that over and over. It actually scores very high on a a lot of the national studies. It is actually how do we get the customer, once they said yes, to where now they are paying for us, paying Mm -hmm. paying for the particular um, service we provide. Mm -hmm. Operations is the the McDonald's story, mm-hmm. right? The McDonald's brothers made a lot of hamburgers, but then Ray Kroc came along and taught a 16-year-old how to cook French fries without burning the restaurant down. Right. Correct? So operations is everything we do in our business is delineated down to a handbook, a workbook, a graphing book, some way mm-hmm. so that we, the business owner, mm-hmm. doesn't have to physically do it. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, that is your S type personality. That's, that's that person who likes checklist. They're the ones who think in step one, step two, step three, step four. If you're that type of personality, then more than likely you have a strong operation system. On the opposite side, if you're like me, who is a high D personality, I don't think step one, step two, step three. I'm like, right. hey, let's go. We'll figure it out later. I know. I, I hit seven and think, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the high D personality, we have to have a high S. hmm So then you get to the last two steps of business, and that is finance and legal. Finance and legal. I call these my bean counter friends. Mm -hmm. They're the high C personalities. Mm -hmm. These are the the, the, the individuals who look at every dot and make sure it adds up correctly, make sure Mm -hmm. every T is crossed. Typically, they're going to be accountants, engineers, attorneys, things of that nature, and that's okay. Dentists follow the high C personality. I mean, they're living with small micro things. Mm -hmm. In the finance world, it's not just reporting what we are earning or where we're spending our money. It's, should we buy this piece of equipment? 
Right. Like we were talking about earlier. If we have, if we're going to spend 50, 60, a hundred thousand dollars on this piece of equipment, what does the hurdle rate have to be for us in order to make this an equipment, mm -hmm. a, a feasible purchase? Mm -hmm. Case in point, here's a case study. I, I used to say client things, but I'm going to say a case study that I, I can give you. Um, I know an individual that wanted to buy an $18,000 piece of equipment and he said, I'm going to take on a new job and I'm going to get a $200,000 new job with his $18,000 piece of equipment. Hmm. And it sounds good. Sounds, sounds like great. a good investment. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Until we ran the hurdle rate. Mm -hmm. And we said, in order for you to actually spend 18,000, you have to net 36 to 48 in order for his goals to be uh, uh, applied. He wasn't going to net that much. Right. He was only going to have profit <coughs> of about twenty thousand mm. dollars. So he was going to put it. He was going to pay his team. Mm -hmm. He was going to buy the equipment. He was going to mm -hmm. do the job, put his name out there. But he would not accomplish his goals. Therefore, we didn't buy the equipment. That's right. a hurdle rate calculation. Mm. That's finance. And then you have legal, which is what keeps us safe. Insurances, mm -hmm. things of that nature. We all have to have those. So again, that's that C personality. So if we're looking at business. And as us business owners, we're trying to grow our business, our capacity, our net worth. Mm -hmm. Then those eight areas around that clock face that I just walked everybody through is we're trying to create an equilibrium. We're trying to create an, an equalization amongst all eight areas. Mm -hmm. And whenever you can be create an equalization where your legal department your legal team is just as strong as your marketing team mm -hmm. and your planning department is just as strong as your hiring and firing of your vendors or customers, et cetera. As soon as you can create that, what you've ultimately done is reduced, here's a technical term, company specific risk. You've reduced the risk that your particular company will have to an outside investor, mm -hmm. to that person who perhaps may be interested in Deb and her empire, mm -hmm. who that person may be interested in buying out Justin's empire in the future because an investor wants to have an ROI, return on investment. Right. So whenever you look at that empire that we described, those eight key areas, there's not a solopreneur who can't achieve mm -hmm. better results. There's not a business owner who through equilibrium of those eight areas can't remove themselves from being the, have to be the chief bottle washer, janitor, everything else involved. Mm -hmm. So that's the framework that I walk clients around or, or, or people around. That's actually what we're dealing with in our second book is how mm -hmm. do we grow that value? Does right. that make sense? That was a lot of information. It, I'm sorry. It does. You know, and, and, you know, and, and I do, I keep thinking about the fact that it really doesn't matter if you're thinking, you know, ultimately I want to sell my business, you know, <coughs> those are just good, strong business practices. Correct. That is correct. Ultimately, if we don't ever want to sell our business, that's fine. Mm -hmm. We have clients that are like that. They're never going to sell their business. They're going to fold it up one day. Different type model. Mm -hmm. So their equity is not their business. Their job, and this is where it gets hard, they have to have actually more discipline than someone like me who's going to sell a business right. again. Their job is to make sure their net worth is doubling every mm -hmm. three to five years through net revenue of their company that mm -hmm. they're saving or reinvesting on the personal level. Mm -hmm that they're not reinvesting into the business. On the mm -hmm. other hand, if they do have a business that has an employee, mm -hmm. more than likely now you have an asset that you can cultivate mm -hmm. and ultimately sell one day. Mm -hmm. You can make the ultimate sale. Right. You know, and it's, I think one of the things that so many people never even consider is, is this a business I could sell? You know, and, and, and part of it, it was funny when you were talking about, you know, some of the steps I was thinking, you know, some of us become business owners and solopreneurs, entrepreneurs because of ego, 
Yeah. You know, and so it's it's hard right. for us to turn some of these functions over to someone else, right? You know, right. we've got the, well, I'm the only one that can do it. And I'm certainly the only one that can do it right philosophy. Well, if you have all these processes in place, somebody else should be able to do it. Now, they might do it different. You know, when I hired my VA, my, my producer, she does things different than what I do. But good golly, they get done and probably better than when I did them. Um, you know, and, and so I think that's one of the things that as we're going through this process, a business owner has got to let go of is their ego. You know, the, the well, the business can't survive without me type of concept. And you know, it, yes, there are certainly businesses where, you know, when, when the intellectual property is the, the, this person right here, right. that's very different. But, you know, where, you know, if it's, you know, any other type of business where, you know, someone else could take over, we have to step back and, and put our, our ego on hold or remind our ego, hey, you might get to go, to go vacation more often. Yeah, there's an old African proverb that I love to quote when I hear this type of concept come up that, that, we're, that you're describing, Deb, and that is this, <coughs> go fast, go alone, mm. go far, go together. Right. Old African proverb, it, it's, in, it's impactful if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I, have, I happen as a, as a high D personality and as a business owner of now four businesses that mm-hmm. I currently own, I have the attitude that no one can do it as well as I can. Right. And that is often my strongest suit and that's often my weakest suit. Mm -hmm. If we're dealing with that solopreneur, then I'm going to actually make a bold statement here. And and I I, I think I can quantify this as as I'm going through my mind's eye. And I don't think I've ever made this statement before. I am not aware of a business that cannot be sold. Right. I'm not aware of one. There's something that's there. There's goodwill, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. So even I I, I take a solopreneur, for example. I happen to have a, let's do a case study again. Mm -hmm. There's a case study of an individual that happens to have a blog, and it's a national personality. Mm -hmm. They have a blog system, and they have no employees. They're a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're a Schedule C, which means they do not have a company, so to speak, an LLC or S Corp or C Corp. They're a sole proprietor, Mm -hmm. a Schedule C employee. We are actually working on those systems so that somebody is actually going to roll it up to a big corporation mm-hmm. is going to buy their goodwill. Right. And this solopreneur, although they have no employees mm-hmm. or no immediate team members, they do have contracts and they do mm-hmm. have um, play, uh, concepts and strategies in place mm-hmm. w- that allow me to appraise a business, mm-hmm. this business, and actually end up selling it at mm-hmm. some point in the future. Think of the p- famous Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar was, I mean, a motivator of all motivators. I love mm-hmm. it when he talks about priming the pump. I love that mm-hmm. particular example. If you never heard about it, Google Zig Ziglar priming the pump. It's, it's unbelievable. He actually has Zig Ziglar Enterprises now. Right. He was a solopreneur who mm-hmm. went from a sales guy, top sales guy, mm-hmm. to now a motivational speaker that has impacted hundreds of thousands, if mm-hmm. not millions and millions of business owners. On the other side of that, if you do happen to have an employee right now, then you're already one step closer to a higher multiple. A multiple mm-hmm. is the way valuation works. It causes us to get more dollars for our business. If you have an employee, then you're in your mind already recognize that you cannot achieve everything that you want to achieve by yourself. Right. And we you just take- don't know it all. No, you've taken the risk on, more mm-hmm. importantly, as you said earlier, which I strongly agree with, that you, you're going to pay this employee. You're taking in their livelihood into your own 
a fiduciary duty as an, as an employer. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay their house payment before you pay yours. You're mm-hmm. going to pay their kids before you feed yours. That's the t- part of that we deal with as business owners. If you're already there, then you can actually take a step back and say, okay, how large do I want to grow this company mm-hmm. toward? Do I want to make it to where I'm working 60, 70 hours a week to, to where I can get it to where I'm now don't have to work at all and have an annuity-based income stream? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to keep it small and never sell it but make high profits? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different strategies. Ultimately, it goes back to where are you at today? Where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And if you know where you want to be, then those eight key areas along with a great, awesome financial plan, can put your personal life in a position to where work is fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege. I, I th- I'm honored that we grew up in a country that we can do what we do, that we can, you know, wake up in the morning and serve those individuals who we want mm-hmm. to serve. Right. I, I think business ownership is awesome. I think that's who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's... Oh, cold tablets made me just lose my train of thought. Gotta love I'm that. Sorry. I'm um, sorry. No, no, it's you know, uh, you know, it's it is something that we do that we love. Um, you know, some people were forced into being entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and and various things, but if we continue it, it is because we love it. And oh, train of thought. Look, it came back. Squirrel. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, as I was thinking, man, I thought, you know, a person like me. You know, I, I think, well, you know, I am my business. Well, what do I do? I train. I do all these various things. Okay, so, you know, and, and what really keyed in was when you were talking about planning. Right. So how about if I, and, and then we toss in that little thing called technology, you know, mm-hmm. some other things. Yep. So are there other ways that I can be doing what I do? Webinars, uh, Zoom, things like like this, writing books, you know, all these various things. And then maybe I only pick and choose four conferences a year to go to, um, you know, and, and so I think that's one of the things that, you know, so many business owners really need to stop and think about is that initial planning. You know, what else could I do? How can I change what I do? Um, you know, you look at something as simple as, say, an HVAC person here in Atlanta who, you know, 99% of the time they're doing air conditioning and heating and things like that. But, you know, well, actually, let me go, let me take a, a different tech. Colorado, you're an HVAC person. And so, you know, you've got heating part of the year, you've got air conditioning part of the year, and then you do snow removal. Yep. You know, and, and so, you know, what are the things that you can be adding to your business, changing in your business that gives it that added value? Um, you know, and, and then, and, 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 you know, and, and then that brought me back to thinking about, you know, in your book, when you're talking about how to value a business, which is obviously, you know, the, the biggest topic. And I love how you compared it with the fact that, you know, it's, it's like selling a house. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at our house, we love our house, we put, you know, all of this work into our house, we raised kids, we did whatever here. And we always, always value it more in our heads than what it is truly worth. Um, you know, but the more we can add to it, you know, they tell you stage your house, do all those various mm-hmm. things, the better it is. Um, so let's talk about how to really increase that value of your business so that when a third party, a third party folks, you can't value your business yourself, yep. you know, when that third party person comes in and says, okay, your business is worth X, you know, so what are some things that business people can, you know, some more things that business owners can be doing? 
I'm going to take a step back and lay the foundation um, to answer your question. The very first thing we can do is hire a coach. Okay. There's not a successful person that walks this planet that doesn't have a coach. In fact, Mm -hmm. I know one of my favorite Proverbs is in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. Mm. Uh, Michael Jordan, arguably Mm -hmm. the best basketball player of all times, had a coach. Right. Elon Musk Musk has Mm -hmm. a coach. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a coach. And Mm -hmm. the reason for it is just like whenever I use that example of the real estate, the house, Mm -hmm. I have the ability to sell a house. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I have physically built houses, one of my businesses. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like. I know what it takes. But I hired a real estate agent who was a coach to me mm-hmm. and said, Justin, I need you to do these following things because mm-hmm. I had a, a, one of the 32 biases that we have. I had recency bias in that particular emotional bias to where, no, this, everybody should love my house the same way I love my house. Right. This is, I've had babies here in this house. I've, what do you mean we, you don't like that color of paint? C- correct. So I hire a coach. So the very first thing business owners, in my opinion, should do, if you're in business, solopreneur, entrepreneur, is you need to have a coach on retainer. Michael Phelps, one of my favorite athletes of all times, um, and in the tune of, I don't know him personally, but in the tune of what he did on the Olympics, mm-hmm. he made a statement in one of his gold medals. He said, I could not have done this without my coaching team. Mm-hmm. He had multiple coaches. Right. Interestingly enough, none of them could swim. None of them could mm-hmm. swim like him. None of them were national rank acclaimed right. coaches. They were, they were just everyday people who could mm-hmm. say, hey, Michael, um, your stroke's off a little bit, buddy. Mm-hmm. Here's what. Let me show you what you're doing wrong. So the first thing I'd say as a coach, the second thing is if you understand what investors are looking for, then you understand what drives the value of the business. Mm -hmm. So there are six things that investors look at. They look at profitability. Is the business profitable? Unfortunately, that's where we stop as business owners. Mm -hmm. We look at the NOI, net operating income of our business, and we say, this is it. There's nothing else for us to do. We are max about capacity and we do not ever challenge the profitability of the company. Mm -hmm. So profitability is number one. They want to see if they're going to invest in a business or if you're going to try to sell the business, what is their ROI going to be for this business? Mm-hmm. So profitability, number one, compatibility, uh, com, um, competitive nature of the business. Where are you at in your market share? Are you in the top echelon? Are you in McDonald's of the hamburger world or mm-hmm. are you a pick another hamburger chain out there, that mom uh, and pop chain that no right. one knows about, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It just mm-hmm. means from a marketability stand, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, from a competability standpoint, mm-hmm. that that McDonald's has a higher profit share on their share per stock, which make, right. makes it more attractive to buyers. Scalability. Scalability is the ability to think about you riding in that Corvette that everybody wants to drive, right? You hit the gas and it just takes off. Mm-hmm. Or you hit the brakes and it puts your head into the dashboard. Right. I mean, it slams it stop. Mm-hmm. That's scalability. Mm. It, you can take your business and you can handle 10x the amount of throughput, 10x the amount of customers, 10x the amount of sales contracts, or you just got 10x and now they've dried up because of recession, because mm-hmm. of some political change, etc. How can you stop and scale it back without mm-hmm. hurting the profitability of the company? Mm-hmm. So scalability is one of the biggest things that I see is, is probably on the weaker areas for, for business mm-hmm. owners. Um, again, think, think the McDonald's company. I, I've used them a couple examples. I try to use the same example over and over during a podcast. The McDonald's brothers made a lot of hamburgers. Ray Kroc made, Ray Kroc made the ability for 16-year-olds to cook french fries without burning the restaurant down because mm-hmm. they had scalability, which is now why they're on just about every country in the world Mm -hmm. because they can scale it up. Mm -hmm. But by, by having profitability and being competitive and having scalability, then you have to move into sustainability. Mm. If you're scalable and you're profitable and you're competitive, then 
what can this business sustain in a mm-hmm. test? If I were going to run a, a risk test on your business, mm-hmm. what would it take for me to put Deb out of business? That's what the investor is going to be looking at. Mm-hmm. What's it going to right. take for Justin, for mm-hmm. Heritage Investors, for Financially Simple, Heritage Business Advisors? What's it going to take for those businesses to fold? Mm-hmm. Because that is going to be part of the valuation. Mm-hmm. So how can we sustain the storm? Right. Again, that goes back to that goes back to the being prepared for the rainy days, go to the ant less slugger, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Transferability is what I dealt with around that clock. That's mm-hmm. the fifth one. Transferability means are you and I as business owners, are we at the epicenter of our business? Does everything have to run through us? Mm-hmm. Are we micromanagers? Are we the benevolent right. dictator that no one can do anything without our approval permission? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then we don't it's have a transfer. Transferable. It right. can't transfer it. Mm-hmm. So how do we remove you, the business owner, from transferring, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, from not being able to transfer the business? Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the cardinal mistakes I see whenever I get to this point, when you got somebody who says, hey, I want to sell the business in five years. I start asking questions and the business owner has never taken the time to get what's in their head, those processes mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. They've never taken the time to delineate that down to a handbook, to a workbook, right. to use the term, which I'm glad you did, intellectual property. Mm-hmm. They've never created a patent system or or create IP on Mm -hmm. what makes them successful. Mm -hmm. And so transferability is is valuable there. And finally, invulnerability. Hmm. Invulnerability. What what not only can hurt sustainability, what in a short term can change the course of your business. Mm-hmm. You may, you, let's use your example of the, of the HVAC company mm-hmm. who wants to do snow removal. Could that perhaps change the course of the business and actually cause problems mm-hmm. within the business to where it cannot overcome itself? Mm. Um, you know, no one can serve two masters. Anything with two heads is a monster, right? We've heard those before. Mm-hmm. Most businesses, the, the simpler we can get in our business about what we're trying to accomplish, the, the more invulnerable we can be. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to grow your business and trying to make the value increase, profitability, competitiveness, scalability, sustainability, transferability, and invulnerability, those are your six things that you mm-hmm. really have to focus on. Right. You know, and, and again, it, it, this is just good business practice. You know, you should be thinking, you know, what happens if, um, you know, I was, th- there's a, a TV program that I watch where, you know, the, the daughter um, was, you know, she, she had the lawn business and, you know, she had a little push lawn mower and she was doing great. Well, then the kid next door, his, his parent bought the bigger machine. Yep. And so, you know, now granted, he didn't have the investment. Dad bought the machine. But he could mow quicker, Mm -hmm. more, all of those various things so he could undercut her pricing. Um, You know, and... Technology, of course, is is a big thing, you know. Um, and then, you know, if you're a mom and pop type of business, are you the type that you know it, something is going to to happen to? You know, are you competing against Amazon, Walmart, all those other things? Um, you know, and, and so as a business person, you need to just be doing these things all the time. And I want to come back to the fact that you know, if your business is you. Me, <laughs> I could still be replaced. I mean, Correct. you know, and and so what do I need to do? You know, you mentioned the fact that you read. You know, all these various things. We need to be, keep bettering ourselves, no matter what, so that we're. You know, it's funny. 
we want to be replaceable, but we want to be irreplaceable at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so there is kind of that dichotomy, but we, sh- we should always want to continue to be growing and learning. Let's um let's take that the what you just said along with the the lawnmower business. Um, I like that. I re- actually remember seeing a show about that. I can't remember where. I, maybe it was on. I, I can't. I'm sorry. Last man standing was the I one. Think that maybe okay. That's yeah. where it was. I was like, man, that seems familiar to me. Um, I, I like to use an analogy, and you're welcome to use this in the future of the haircutting salon, right? Mm-hmm. So we've all heard <coughs> the super cuts, the fast cuts, the quick mm-hmm. cuts, the, and there's nothing against. It. It's a great. Fa- it's a great right. franchise model. Unbelievable. <coughs> sudden you have this you have this hometown hero that has been there and they had the little the little swirly candy cane thing mm-hmm. out front that's swirling around it's a barber shop and man everybody knows that you'd go there and and you go for the doing, gossip and the you, coffee you and know, everything else all mm-hmm. of a sudden the supercuts comes across the street i'm not picking on supercuts i'm just using that as an example right. here they come across the street and they have their grand opening we've all seen it with a little swaggly uh, arm guy out there that's all mm-hmm. dancing everywhere and they say we do seven dollar haircuts and before you know it clientele's going to move right. from mom and pop mm-hmm. over to now the new business. And it happens and on every front. it's not that they don't love mom and pop. It's $7 haircuts. Well, but here's the way you combat that. And no matter what business you're in, it goes back to what we call the Ansoff matrix. So let me give you the, the, the uh, let me give you the result. Then we'll come back and explain the Ansoff mm-hmm. matrix. What mom and pop does is simple. They put a sign out front that says, we fix $7 haircuts. I love it. Perfect. It's all that goes back to the marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're going to get everybody who left you before more for price right. conscientious, but you're now going to identify those who are after quality. So mm-hmm. Garrett, right. there goes the Anchoff matrix. So I'm a, I, I like hunting. I have a, a think about a, 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 maybe a peace symbol or a crossbow or mm-hmm. like a, a three, a triangle, if you will. Okay. On the bottom left-hand side of a triangle or a peace symbol or an arrow, we're going to deal with the cost conscientious purses person. Those are your Walmarts. Those are your super cuts. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who are putting a lot of product. They, they're, they're, they have a lot, small, a small profit margin, mm-hmm. but they're trying to push a lot of people through their system. Right. High turnover, low price. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the bottom left-hand side. The top, the top of the triangle, the top of the, of the of arrow head there would be the R and D research and development. That's your mm-hmm. Apple. They're creating, they're creating, uh, products that no one else has, they're seeing a need, mm-hmm. they're feeling it. Then you have the bottom right hand side, and that is the those who are customer centric. Mm-hmm. Those are your Nordstrom's of the world. Those are your LL Beams. Those are your Cabela's of the world, right? right. Those and those are some hunting stores, by the way. For those of you who are not familiar, Th- those are the people of the world who are like grandma, grandpa, and that mom and pop store who are providing quality to a small group mm-hmm. for business owners. Where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. What I find is, is that everybody wants to have that customer centric side, mm-hmm. but they want to compete on price and you cannot do it. Folks. Right. You cannot do it. So you go back to what are investors looking for? Mm-hmm. People are not interested. I'm going to say that. Let me say it differently. I find it on the mergers and acquisition world that very few people are looking for the, the massive low cost providers. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that very seldom. What I find is, is that buy investors are looking for that competitive advantage that makes Deb different than Justin. Mm-hmm. And they want to grab whatever that is from Deb's world and put it into their world and get a market advantage from a higher price point. Mm-hmm. They want to be customer centric. So those of you who are business owners out there and you're listening to all this garbly goo that I'm, I'm spouting out, hey, look, you can get to where you want to be. 
That's the goal of all this today. Mm -hmm. You can get to where you want to be. You have to know where it is you want to be. You have to have a team around you who is going to kick you, drag you, push you to get you where you want to be. And as you're doing this, you're identifying as Deb, as you've clearly said, those basic business concepts that are just, these are simple folks. I'm taking 25 years of reading book, business books. In fact, I walked into the um, books a million. I looked at the bookshelf and there wasn't a book on there. I haven't read and highlighted through. It's crazy <laughs> on the business section. I'm taking 20 years of business knowledge and breaking it down to the simple fundamental truths that all of us can do, whether we're solopreneurs, mm -hmm. whether we're C companies who run $100 million companies, deal with some of those, whether it's that they business, <coughs> business, it doesn't matter if we're a podcast host or for charging the world. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. So these, I hope these helped you today and, the, and your mm -hmm. listeners, Deb, with everything we've got. I, I think we're getting close on time. So we are, and we still have so much to talk about, um, you know, and, and, and you have an upcoming book. So that just means we have to have you on again. Um, you know, tell us, is your book available on Amazon? It is, yeah. So the ultimate sale is available on Amazon and and Audible. If you want to listen to me for like seven hours and you're driving, just don't do while you're driving. You might drive into the ditch. Um, but they're available on Amazon. You, what I would say is Amazon.com for Audible for the purchase of the book or Audible, or check out Financially Simple. That's the right. hub. Mm -hmm. Financially Simple is the hub. We have courses that are available through that mm -hmm. program. There, a lot can, of great resources, you know, and and you know, tons of of wonderful information there. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have an awesome team behind the scenes that, that are very, very talented. These guys and gals are pretty amazing what they do. In Knoxville, Tennessee. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> well, you know, Justin, this has been great. And, you know, I want to emphasize again that it's, it's great information for anybody. Um, you know, and, and even if you're just, you know, the, the little person who's doing, you know, some little Etsy product, you never know. It might turn into something bigger, or maybe it's just something that's going to pay a portion of your next vacation. That's I mean, right. you, you know, all of these various things, but it does take planning. You know, Warren Buffett didn't get to be Warren Buffett just by going, hey, let's try this today. Um, you know, the, the people really do plan. Um, and, and it's funny I say that because I'm not a planner. <laughs> um, but but the, the important thing is I follow exactly what you say. I have people around me that make me do these things. Um, so again, you know, it, your information is at financiallysimple.com. So I encourage people to, to go there and really check that out. What final thoughts do you have for us? There's, a, there's an old story that I love from Cortez who said, burn the boats. I love that statement. And the story was um, Cortez put his men in, in, a, in the battle days, he put his men in between, put the enemy between his men and their home. He turned around, he said, burn the boats, burn the ships is what he actually said. They mm -hmm. set all the ships on fire. The idea being that the only way those soldiers were going to see their families again was through the enemy. Mm -hmm. The only way. There was no turning back. Mm -hmm. The reason why I leave you with this is we're business owners. There's no turning back. We've already burnt the boats. Right. We're in, we're, we're, we're invested, blood, sweat, mm -hmm. and tears into what we're, our product or our service is and those customers and those vendors and our team members whom we know and know, trust and love. Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to reach your goal. Whatever your goal is, is to go through that obstacle that's either you're facing today or that you will face tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And as business owners, I've been doing this too long. I know how frustrating it is. I know how tiring it is. There is a victory to be won. Just don't stop. Make sure you burn every ship that's going to hold you back and charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forward. We always need to be moving forward. That's correct. 
Well, this really has been fascinating. Um, and it's, it's you know, it, 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 Justin has such great information. Again, the book is The Ultimate Sale, A Financially Simple Guide to Selling a Business for Maximum Profit. The website is at financiallysimple.com. I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a, a wonderful time talking with Justin Goodbread. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.